Hi and welcome to another episode of Ask an Atheist Anything with Andrew Knight and Matthew Taylor. In this episode we'll be talking about the beginning of the universe. We're joined by guest David Pegg who has asked us a question. Welcome David. Hi. Right, yeah, Dave, uh, Dave, you uh, uh, emailed me after we'd had a conversation on the Unbelievable Forum and the question that you have asked uh, myself and Andrew to try and uh, answer is how is it logically possible for the universe to have come into existence uncaused? And how is any answer to this question not, in fact, a description of a cause? We'll do our best to see that. We'll see how our conversation goes around that question. I don't think either Andrew or I promise to be able to answer it conclusively, but we'll do our best. Mm -hmm. uh, can you start off, uh, Dave, filling us in with some background to what brought on this question and what sort of answer you might be looking for? Yeah, so... Um I'm a Christian, and so I personally believe in a in a cause behind the universe, that cause being God. In my case, I believe that's the Christian God, but that's not really what the question's about. It doesn't go that far, does it? It's, uh, it's just a question about some cause back there that got the universe started. Um, and I think for me as a Christian, the... Uh, William Lane Craig's version of the Kalam cosmological argument which is relevant to this question, um, I, I think has been really helpful to me. I think when I first heard it, um, it sounded like the kind of stuff I'd just been thinking anyway, um, which I think good philosophy often does do that. But um, And the question, I've, I've tried to... I, basically, I think it's a trick question. I think it's impossible to answer. Um, because it, to me, it feels like any attempt to answer this question of how could it have come into existence uncaused, the second a person begins to try and describe how that could have happened, I think they're describing a cause, probably. Um, so I, I don't know how this question is possible to answer without um, it being self-contradictory. Uh, so my answer to this question, for what it's worth, would be... It's not logically possible at all. And there must be some spaceless, timeless, immaterial cause for it to have come into existence from nothing. Uh, logically, I think that's the only way to answer the question. So um, I'm, I suppose I'm expecting you to struggle a bit um, because we're talking about a massive unknown. But also, I think we're talking critically about something that should be impossible to talk about logically uh, because the second we do I think we're talking about a cause. Does that make sense? That makes uh, perfect sense to me. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought up the, uh, that it was a trick question. Uh, yeah. It's not the phrase I would have used for it but I'm, let's get that out, out, out here. It's a, it's a challenging question. I, I'm okay with it being called a trick question but I, I wouldn't have accused you of trying to trick us uh, but I do yeah, like the I'm question I'm keeping uh, it a secret so hopefully it's not a deceitful question <laughs> no I, I, I don't see that as being deceitful at all um, okay. I like the question when, when the question came in it was the second half of your question which I liked um, because mm -hmm. uh, I, I think I like the way that you're, the direction you're, you're going in that is, uh, is it, it kind of hints at some kind of circularity or infinite regress to any kind of answer that you could have, because if you're describing a cause to the universe, then the, that cause must have had a cause, must have had a cause, uh, etc. And all you're doing every time you step, make a step backwards, you're describing uh, another cause. And uh, I like the head scratching nature of that question. And we can't avoid some kind of philosophy when trying going into that. I will, Andrew and I will do our best. Uh, to this. I can't promise a satisfactory answer, but I'm enjoying the challenge and the thinking process that this question is bringing me to. But I think the first thing that I want to go back to, though, is right at the very beginning of your question, you've got logically possible for the universe to come into existence and cause. Because mm. one thing that's uh, occurring to me is there's kind of an unspoken assumption here that any cause of the universe needs to be logically comprehensible. Now, let's say, for example, we have 
a an, an uncaused universe that's not that doesn't make sense logically that uh-huh. is possible have we stepped out of your trap um i see what you mean so it's um huh, it, to use my own words it, it in theory it's logically possible that <laughs> some things that seem to us to our minds to be logically impossible might actually be possible <laughs> um, sure. if there's yeah. some if there's a lot that we don't know there's mysteries out there we have not cracked and so uh, we can logic sometimes in the name of logic we put up these boundaries about what's possible and then we go and find something that completely surprises us don't we and that's happened lots of times down through history um yeah, well, yeah. i wonder if Let i can join. yeah you jump in andrew mm. oh thank you so dave i wonder if i could ask a question maybe slightly differently because one of the things that that bothers me um when I'm, when I'm trying to think about the question the way it was written is, if I cannot demonstrate that a thing exists, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever I think the cause of the universe is, right? So I'm, I'm not just, uh, I'm not just talking about, uh, whether, whether a God created the universe. This certainly applies to my own position as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in thinking about the question, whatever it is in regard to existence, it seems to me to be fair to say that if I cannot demonstrate that the cause of the universe exists, mm-hmm. then it cannot be demonstrated to have been the cause. Yeah, I see. I guess the simple response would be the whole basis of this question is predicated on the universe itself, beginning out of nothing, is itself a demonstration of a cause, a pretty, a pretty big one pretty big demonstration that it must have had some kind of cause. That's the way I would look at it, logically. Uh, It doesn't mean the cause is God or anything like that. I mean, there's follow-up questions like, what can we know about that cause? And there's probably more that we don't know than we can know. But I think we can know there's a cause uh, with some confidence based on the fact that our universe has come into existence from nothing. Okay, so I think that's that's fair um, to say that that the universe exists and and therefore we want to understand how that happened. Mm. So so I, I certainly agree there. I think, though, at that point, I have to uh, appeal to what I think of as causes. Right. So mm. uh, when I think about fire, as a for instance, I know that um in the in an environment with oxygen and the other right elements, uh, the the triangle for fire, whatever it is, right? Uh, um, you can have fire, but without mm-hmm. oxygen, you can't. Just as a as a for instance, and and so I can prove, uh, sort of empirically, uh, how how fire occurs, mm-hmm. and in what cases I can stop it from occurring. Now you mm-hmm. don't have to use fire as as an example, but we can think about the chain of cause and effect, right? And as far as I can tell. Um, our chain of cause and effect is something that we think of as uh, as empirical. And if we can't demonstrate the empiricism of the cause, then then what we're actually saying is the cause is indeterminate at this time. So what I what I'm asking is, in what way do you empirically think of God as being demonstrable? Yeah, if you so, do. If you so, do. I would to help us probably stick to the question the way it's phrased. I probably wouldn't use the word God at this point, although I do believe in God, and he, I think he is the cause. But I would okay, say, uh, so in what ways do I think the a cause, a spaceless, timeless cause, is demonstrable? And mm-hmm. and, and I have to say again, I think it's the universe beginning from nothing. That's the big one. Um, that I think that's how I get there. I think that's mm. the only. I think that's the only way. I, I don't know if it's the only way. It's it's probably the main way and the first way that I get there, as I go. Oh, science has helped us really understand that our universe came into existence at a definite point in the finite past, and that space and time had a beginning, uh, and that before, well, 
Oh, I don't want to use the word before because that's a time word, but um, there's a definite beginning to our universe. It hasn't always existed. Uh, I think science has confirmed that in various ways quite clearly. Um, and, and that itself, I think, is empirical evidence that there must be some kind of mysterious cause there. Because uh, the logic is out of nothing, nothing comes. Um, I don't know if you can say that's science, probably not. I think it's logic, though, and it's reasonable to... I think there are all sorts of mysteries and uh, limitations to under understanding as well, obviously. But I think in the absence of knowledge, we ought to probably prefer the things that are plausible and make more sense rationally to us than... So, I mean, not everyone wants to believe in God, do they? Um, not everyone wants to say there's a cause because that sounds like th that God might be real. But if you'd if you'd rather not say that, then I think what you believe instead has to sound like it might be possible. Um, does that make sense? Uh, it does to me. Yeah, it, yeah, it does yeah, make sense. Yes. Oh, sorry, we shouldn't rule out the the cause. Shouldn't rule out the cause. Because we would like there to be, even though it doesn't make sense, uh, we'd like it to be true. Um, and we can argue that it could be true because we don't know everything. Even, impossible, even things that sound impossible could be true because we don't know everything. But there's, thing, there's this thing that sounds pretty reasonable and rational to believe in, that it, that it was a cause. Um, I think we should, it makes sense to probably say the odds are on that being the case until we've got some evidence to suggest that there's a reason to think it could have come into existence uncaused. Because that it really does sound impossible, logically, to me. And what sounds a lot more possible is that there's a cause back there. I would certainly agree with that as a, a summary. I, straight up, honestly, struggle with the idea of whatever started the universe, if indeed it did start. Um, not having a cause it's a straight a linear transaction something happened so something before it started it off uh, it's not quite like um, that though it's not yeah, quite I, like no, that i'm, I'm yeah. oversimplifying it i oh. I, I grant that but i'm I, i'm on your side in the sense that i can't imagine how there can't be a cause with with the knowledge that i have mm. so Maybe the kind of question we should be asking is what would we accept would be as a category of thing that would be uncaused? Is there an example mm. or something that we could talk about that we would accept as coming under the category of not having a cause? Yeah. Um, now, yeah, the, most, the most obvious thing that I can think of that would come in that category is what are known as, as uh, quantum fluctuations, yeah. where... Uh, cosmologists have said that they see these particles pop, then the phrase they use is popping in and out of existence uh, mm. in a vacuum. Uh, very little is, is known uh, beyond, beyond that. Well, certainly to my mind, very little is, is known beyond that. Uh, so we're trying to work these out, but it's apparent, it appears from our perspective, from the observational perspective that we have at the moment, that, mm. that it's of course because we can't explain or we can't see any chain of events that lead, leads up to that. So is that something that you would say would qualify as an uncaused event? Uh, no. Um, and, uh, and that's not because I know what I'm talking about either. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> but the reason I'm confidently saying no is because now that... We're, so we're, we've been talking about how we go from nothing to something. That's a big kind of mystery that we're talking about, isn't it? But... Oh, oh, but what you're talking about is now that there are now that there is a lot of somethings, it's impossible to really have nothing again. Uh, so anything that appears to be popping in and out of existence uncaused uh, might appear that way, but there has to be some explanation in the space-time universe for that because it's now begun. It's here. And there's no getting rid of it. So you can't create an experiment. It's impossible to create an experiment where there is genuine nothingness like there was at the point uh, our universe began. 
Oh, okay. Hold on. I'm sorry. So, hold, hold on right there. I think I think I think we've got to define um, what appears to me to be an equivocation. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'm not sure that it is and I'm, I'm not accusing you of an equivocation, but I think there's a problem here. Sure. when we when we rewind uh, from from this point in our universe, uh, 13.8 billion years or whatever, right? What, whatever the, yep. the yep. true number is, when we rewind. We are rewinding to a singularity in some sense, but we're not rewinding to nothing, as I understand it. And so when we when we think about the Big Bang, just as a just as a parenthesis, mm-hmm. we can rewind 14.8, uh, sorry, 13.8 billion years or, or whatever the true value is. But what we're not doing is rewinding to nothing. And 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 I think the way I would demonstrate that is to ask a, a sort of different thought question. Mm. If I had a nothing detector, if there was such a thing as nothing, uh, so so that I could detect it, what would the nothing detector look like, and where would it be placed? <laughs> you see, it may be that yeah, I think we're that talking about impossible things, aren't we? Well, I don't know that we are. But what I am saying is that it doesn't seem to me we were talking about those things that we think of as logically possible. Mm. Right. And so I'm just trying to answer that question from my view. Mm, sure. it, it doesn't necessarily seem to me that what we think of as the some things we experience have a necessary opposite uh, that is nothing. And if it did, if there was a nothing, mm. how would we experimentally verify it? Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming reasonably that you wouldn't be able to. I think we're talking about impossibilities. So I, 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 it, it feels to me to be impossible, too. So if, if nothing is impossible, mm. Mm. If, um, if nothing is impossible, then then we're at a false start to think of. Uh, to think of a non-eternal rewinding of the universe to a singularity that does, in fact, represent a nothing. Yeah, but I think we should start with what we know. And uh, so we, so what we do know is that our universe, the, the, the space-time universe anyway, had a beginning. Um, well, it had a singularity, sure. What I do you mean by singularity? Well, we we have we have an event in the past um, that that we think of as the beginning of our universe. That mm. doesn't mean it was the beginning of uh, of that singular of of that rewinding. We don't know how long if we can use long in this in this sense because when we talk about uh, Einstein's theory of relativity, uh, both mm-hmm. general and special, we're talking about something that requires the notion of conservation. And I, I think we all understand what conservation is. So we don't have to go very deep into that. Mm-hmm. But when we rewind to that that first moment where uh, our laws of, of uh, matter and space and time start, that doesn't necessarily mean that that was um, the first moment that that we sort of think of it as a point on a piece of paper, right? Yeah. Where the entire universe is composed of this uh, almost a non-dimensional point, right? But mm. I don't necessarily think that it is reasonable to suggest that that point um just sort of popped into existence. We don't know what happened um, 13.8 billion years ago. We can't rewind further than we are now. Mm. But quantum foam certainly gives us a suggestion about particles that do start and stop. Mm -hmm. And, And because it does, that seems to me to be the important empirical evidence. Right. So uh, these quantum fluctuations and particles mm. that come into existence 
seemingly uncaused in and out of existence within a vacuum. Do you think that the the vacuum therein that we've created for this experiment, and not we, I don't know how to do it, but sure, sure. Is, is reasonably comparable to the beginning of the universe? So that's that's where I'm just going to say I don't mm. know. And and because I don't, I don't pin my views to, um, you know, when we think about making an argument that we want other people to accept, we want to make an argument that is coherent in regard to its chain of reasoning mm-hmm. and an argument that we can verify uh, through repetition, something that someone else can do independent of us. Mm. Uh, because because I can't go beyond where we are, I can't fulfill both of those obligations in regard to making an argument for whatever the beginning is. It seems to me to be irrational to make a statement about um, an immaterial, eternal, um, all-powerful something or any of its or, or any of the other possibilities, right? So not just your position, my too. I mm. think we really don't know. And until we can verify one or the other, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's fair to take a position on it, because as you said, it's very possible for us to be wrong, no matter how well, uh, no matter how well the argument is constructed. What well, those weren't your exact words, but that idea. So yeah. I'm trying to put words in your mouth. So anyway, I'll, I'll stop there. That's helpful. Uh, if I can say this, I, th- I think there's two there's two different issues here. I think one is the question of whether or not there is a cause, and the other is if there is one, what can we know about that cause? Um, and I'm leaving aside that second question completely, mm. really. Mm. Um, maybe not completely. I think we can say a few things about it, like it must be spaceless and timeless and those things, but. But before we even get to that, what we're what the question is asking is, is it possible that there's no cause? And that's what I'm really, I suppose, attacking with this question is this notion mm. that it could have come into existence without any kind of cause. So no mystery, no cause at all. And I, I, I don't actually know if either of you hold that view. Um, you might both be atheists who believe in some kind of cause that science will help us understand later on or something, um, rather than believe that it's possible there's no cause whatsoever. Um, maybe I should ask you that question each. Uh, do, you, do you believe in a universe that has come into existence uncaused? I wouldn't go as far as to say believe. Um, it's in terms of my state of knowledge, it's quite a long way above my pay grade, so I'm quite prepared mm. to um, to think and talk about it, but be as uncommitted as I dare and follow whatever the scientists say. And if I see some kind of a well-known scientist saying something, then I'm quite happy to say, OK, I'll go along with what, what he says. But you know, mm. even there, we've got disagreement. We've got scientists who say that the that it's possible for the universe to be past eternal, which itself is another logical mm-hmm. conundrum. Um, and there's some that say, well, actually, no, we, we could point to um, uh, a, a natural beginning. So if we take the beginning bit, then okay, uh, is there a cause? And can we can we get to, is our state of science at that point where we can get to that, to that point to be able to even answer that question? So mm. I, I'm quite prepared to sit and say I I don't like I don't want to to fall on any particular idea because I don't think I have enough information um, but I am prepared to accept the position that the universe is on cause mm. I, I don't feel any obligation to justify that because the, the requirement to justify that is to the scientists that uh, stated. So I, if I was to, if I, my attempt, any attempt I would make to justify that position would be, well, here is what the scientists say, and I'm prepared to take that position. So that's, 
That's probably mm. the biggest commitment you would get from me that I certainly wouldn't hold it as a belief. Uh, I think the best the mm. best you would get from me was I accept what person X or whatever his name is says. Yeah. And this person says it is uncaused and he says it's uncaused because of this. Yeah. Use the web for that. That's be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think the way I would say that phrase that is that the because this is is explaining the evidence that says it's not a cause rather than it's not yeah. a cause because this happened. If if you get what I mean, technicality, but yes, uh, point taken. Sure. I'll quite happily chuckle over that. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what I'm talking about, isn't it? With the question. It's impossible yeah. to describe any way that it could have come into existence uncaused without, at the same time, talking about cause. My brain explodes, really, trying to think that okay. that is um, plausible in any way. Okay. I'm going to give Andrew a chance to answer well, Thank you. Question, That's really I've, honest. Um, uh, it's an honest yeah. answer to the question. Thanks. Yeah, I've got a challenge that hopefully will explode your brain even more. But, Andrew, you answer <laughs> So... I think, to be honest with the listeners, the first mm. thing I have to say is the what anything that follows, and every time I speak, I am only speaking for myself and for as well as I think I understand uh, what the science says, right? So I, I will defend the, the notion that, that I'm trying to approach this from, uh, from the world of science. I'm not saying that I have a particularly great grasp on what the science is telling us. Uh, and, and so I'm open to be proven wrong, right? Uh, I'm not sure that, uh, I'm not sure that I even understand the science as well as I would like, because there are words that we encounter when we read the literature, um, that we use in a particular daily sense, like the word begin. Right. But that word may have a very specific uh, targeted use or specialized use uh, in in, you know, in some science discipline. And we're not using it correctly. So um, I'm a computer programmer by trade. When I use the word communication, for instance, that has a very specific industry use and a general uh, sort of daily use. Right. And, and so we have to sort of keep that in mind. With all of that said, what I would say is that I think whatever caused the universe in, in the sort of general sense that we're talking about, mm. it is likely to be very simple. When we unwind the universe and, and we probe deeply into the, into the systems that we experiment with, we find that they, uh, that they operate on a variety of very simple concepts. And as we unpack the universe, it seems that those ideas get simpler as we go down. Mm -hmm. And and from that, I think I am comfortable in only saying that whatever caused the universe, it is likely to be very simple. Mm. Okay. So I, I wonder if, so I've just been jotting down what I think I understand from each of your answers to that question, um, which is, do you believe or do you think it's possible that the universe came into existence uncaused? And I think Matthew is saying maybe, but don't know enough. Uh, and, and we trust the uh, insights that the scientific community might bring in the future. And Andrew is saying, I'm not sure. Although you're saying quite a lot, whatever caused. So that sounds like you're assuming there's some kind of cause. So I don't that know. Fair that summary? I, I don't want to misrepresent yeah. what you said. No, though, but it, it's, it's absolutely fair. For me. fair. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know that I can get away from the notion of cause uh, only because I am a being that has a beginning and end. Right. Mm. So when we think about our own existence, um, I know that things happened in uh, you know, 1939 or 1941 or 1945, you know, there, there are dates in there that we're all familiar with, but mm. I certainly don't remember them. They mm. happened before me. 
And and so it may be that in some intrinsic way, I am predisposed to a cause and effect um, that aren't really fair to apply at a universal scale. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I think I understand that. So this is, uh, I've heard people object to the Kalam cosmological argument by saying all the empirical evidence we have in the universe where things don't suddenly exist out of nothing um, actually don't help us very much when we're talking about the beginning because that's right. all the evidence we have is within the space-time universe that's already begun. I mean, that's the same problem right. I have, by the way, with the quantum fluctuation stuff. Is I'm thinking, we can't recreate this situation that's the same as the beginning uh, right. now, that it's, now that it's begun. So it, in one sense, I think science doesn't really help us with this question very much at all. It, helps us, it does help us a bit because we can see that things in the space-time universe don't suddenly begin to exist out of nothing. But it's limited to our space-time universe. Science is limited to our space-time universe, I think. Um, and, that, and that actually leads me to another question I wanted to ask, which was uh, sometimes people will say, and I think Matthew has said it as well, uh, one day sci the scientific community will help us with this kind of a question. And I'm, I'm convinced that it won't um, because it's overreaching beyond the boundaries of science as a discipline to, to, to go beyond the space-time universe. Uh, I mean, the science operates within the space-time universe. Uh, so any speculation that scientists make about how the universe began uncaused, I think they're as qualified as anybody to imagine how it might have happened. I don't think they're any more qualified because they're scientists. It's not a scientific question I'm asking, I don't think. Uh, I don't, but I wonder what you think about that. How, to what extent can science help us with this kind of a question? It seems to me that uh, Matthew. I'm sorry. Do you want to do you want to take this? Um, well, I want to I want to divert onto a slightly different question. So, mm. um, but first, then I'll answer, and then I'll take the opportunity to use my okay. diversion. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. So it seems to me that what we have here is uh, a God of the gaps argument, just rephrased because. What what I think is being said is, but there's a God outside. And and so even if I say, OK, right, but this universe came from the multiverse, you can say, OK, right. But but we have good reason to think that God created the multiverse. And, and then if I say, OK, but there there is a fabric that creates multiverses and you can say, um, but there's a God that is mm -hmm. outside that fabric. Mm -hmm. And and so I'm not sure that by appealing to philosophy, and I'm not saying that's a bad appeal, we, we use philosophy uh, and we used it to do things like establish the rules of, of, of science and the rules of reason, right? So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not suggesting that that is a bad thing. I am saying that without experimental confirmation, we have no way of knowing whether we're right. And what I, what I sort of sense in this is uh, a god of uh, a god of the outside that can always be proposed. But in this uh, in this discussion, I mean, I've said I do believe in God, haven't I? But in this discussion, I'm not arguing for the existence of God. I'm arguing, I guess, for a cause. Um, sure. And you've just and named a couple of other possible causes: multiverse. And I mean, it would have to be a spaceless, timeless, immaterial multiverse to make sense of the beginning of ours. But what you've just described other possible causes, and I think that means. We're in agreement in this discussion. I'm not. I, I I need other evidence to believe that it's the Christian God. I need other kinds of mm. conversation and evidence, which we're not talking about tonight. But uh, I think we're pretty much on the same page there. I'm not. You're you're coming up with a multiverse of the gaps, and I'm coming up with a God of the gaps, if you like. Uh, well, all, but we're both saying there's a cause back there, and I think we agree. Well, I'm I'm not necessarily. I'm I'm saying that that is one thing that has been has been offered that hasn't been experimentally confirmed. And so what I am saying is, I don't know that that is a cause. And I'm not, I'm not conjecturing it as the cause mm. because it hasn't been experimentally confirmed. No, it and, couldn't be, I think. Well, I don't know. 
I was reading an article in Physics World a couple of years ago that suggested uh, they were doing a, uh, an experiment at a nuclear reactor in France um, where they actually think that some of these subatomic particles actually travel from parallel universes. And they, uh, so the experiment um, has to do with uh, particles that come in and out of existence. So in this case, we're sort of talking about quantum foam. And the, the suggestion is that you could measure the distance that these, uh, that these particles travel, and it might be uh, uh, a little larger than Planck length. And so the, the article is very detailed, right? Mm. And the experiment um, didn't confirm the notion, right? So the experiment failed. So I don't, mm. I don't want to leave any uh, illusions as to the success of this thing. But people that are thinking about this very deeply do suggest, at least in some models, that the multiverse could be experimentally confirmed. So mm. we're not in the dark. Uh, you know, with with people that are thinking very deeply about this and have the apparatus to sort of tinker with the idea. That's really interesting. And that sounds similar, actually, to some of the stuff I say about God. So uh, there's this mysterious, unknowable other kind of thing behind the universe uh, in both of these examples. For me, it's God. But in that example that you gave, it's this multiverse idea. Uh mm. And, and the only way we would have any confidence to start to describe it would be if it broke through somehow into our space-time universe. So we could say, oh, that's come from somewhere else, uh, from some other kind of a universe or mm. something. That's, that looks like that mystery we don't know, and it's turning up. Uh, so I'd say that kind of stuff about God when I talk about Jesus, actually, in human history. But you're saying, I think, a similar kind of thing in that experiment where it looks like, oh, wow, something from another kind of universe looks like it's showing up in ours and it's and it's foreign to us. Uh, that I mean, that kind of thing would be massively intriguing to me as well. Well, OK, uh, I will just say this because I know it, it's Matthew. Matthew has something to say here and, and it's going to be important. But mm. I will say that this thing that is turning up is actually not is not something mysterious. It is the particles that we see every day. Okay. Well, I, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean that you and I see them, you know, as we're, as we're sweeping up or whatever, but sure. these are particles that we're familiar with that, that we can detect mm -hmm. that have, uh, that have experimental uh, verification. And that I think is the thing that I would leave anybody that hears this podcast with when we think about where we are, when we talk about what causes the universe, we actually are on a mission to understand what that might be. And surely, if it's impossible to detect that cause, uh, like I said at the beginning, mm -hmm. we, can't really, we can't really say with confidence that something that can't be itself proven can itself be the cause. Yeah. Uh, at least not proven by us, and I would agree. I, I, I don't think it, so. I will talk about God now, if that's okay. Like in the case Please. of God, in the case of God being the cause, I don't think, uh, and I think this is probably true of anything else you might say is the cause as well. It's not the kind of thing we're going to discover by traveling far enough or racking our brains hard enough. It, mm. That that cause is just beyond us, beyond our comprehension beyond our space and time and beyond our imagination even perhaps uh, and be, certainly beyond our science and what that can look at um we're not going to just bump into him <laughs> in a rocket ship or something it's we're talking about mystery and but i do think what my my what the main question of tonight is asking is how is it possible that there's not a mystery there how is it possible that it just began out of nothing with no mysterious cause whatsoever? And that's and it sounds like, um, Andrew, it sounds like you and I are thinking in a similar way that there must be some kind of cause back there. Uh, the difference between us would be I'm pretty convinced it's the Christian God. Um, and you wouldn't be convinced of that at this point. 
so, so I think that's right. Um, mm. I am, I, I don't know that I like the word cause here for, for the reason that I posited the nothing detector, right? So I don't know that, that matter and space time necessarily have an opposite that we think of as nothing in the neck, in the ex nihilo sense, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the, the, um, God called it from nothing. Mm. And, and in another way, I don't even know that it would be necessary to be all powerful to call something from nothing. It might be a very simple matter if we understood the, the mechanics of calling something from nothing that, that it didn't take, uh, you know, a particularly great bit of power. And so mm-hmm. I think we have to be very careful from a philosophical perspective not to appeal, uh, to causal oversimplification. Because causal oversimplification, uh, will lead us to the wrong conclusion. So if the cause is not knowable, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, if it is, if it is beyond our understanding, if it is a mystery we can never grasp, then it is a mystery we can never grasp. Uh, yeah, I think I'd broadly agree with that. Yeah. Matthew's been very patient. (laughs) (laughs) It's the English in me, I'm afraid. (laughs) Um, I I love the idea that it could be a mystery. I think mysteries are awesome. Mysteries are what motivate us to to try things, to to test things. Um, Mm. But my answer to the question that sparked before that dialogue is broadly similar to Andrew. We're pretty much on on the same page in the same place uh, on this. Uh, I think I clarify some of the, the things that you picked up, uh, though, Dave. Is um, yeah, we've got a, we've pretty much got a temporal hard stop at the beginning of the universe as we know it, mm. and getting beyond that has been a significant challenge for science. Some might even say uh, it's an impossible hurdle that science just can't get past, and I'm very sympathetic towards that. Uh, that towards that view, um, and I I just cannot conceive of a way in which we can scientifically get past that point in order to be able to experiment or, or test why, what might have happened there. And I think related to that, I'd say that talking about causes also keeps us within a temporal universe uh, because causes imply a before and an after and a strict linear. Uh, uh, conjecture. As soon as we get beyond the start of our universe, all of that breaks down, all of that falls down. So I, I think Andrew hinted on, hinted on it. Even talking about a cause might in itself be illogical and meaningless because we, ha- we haven't got that same, same structure uh, yeah. and, and a knock-on effect and dominoes or temporal elements, or however you want to describe it. it. It just doesn't exist to be able to use the time-limited language yeah. that we're, we are structured to. So off the back of that, I'd like to rewind probably about 20 minutes to the challenge that I wanted to, to give, yeah. which is um, if I can convince you that there are things in this universe that are illogical, mm-hmm. can I at least get you to accept that whatever cause, I'm having just removed that word anyway, um, but whatever began or whatever made this universe spring into existence, whether it was self-caused, whether it was uncaused, or whether there was a cause, Mm -hmm. um, if I can convince you that there's something illogical in this universe, in this time frame, can you accept that whatever began our universe is also illogical and therefore possibly uncaused and therefore satisfies your question. Uh, wow, I think you've really struggled to say that. <laughs> uh, yes, I admit I have struggled to say it because I'm, I'm, I'm bound by our, by the temporal frame, time frame in which we talk and which we're referencing. Yeah. But that yeah. might be relevant when we're talking about outside of our universe. And I yeah. don't know what word to use. I've used cause out of convenience, but that's not the word I mean. Yeah, because the alternative is to talk about nothing. We, sh- I mean, we should maybe should we should practice if we think it's seriously possible that it's uncaused. We should uh, use that kind of language about the beginning. Um, we should say um, it began, and that's it. And we shouldn't say 
whatever caused it. We shouldn't talk like that because we're, say, we're saying it's possible there's no cause. We should say our universe began and that's it. Yeah, um, I'm very, very so happy yeah, with that. But I am intrigued by the question and I would say, uh, I don't want to commit and say, yeah, I'm going to change my mind about it all. But yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. What What is there in the universe that truly exists, I guess, that is absolutely illogical and maybe should not exist, but does? Is that, the, is that what you're asking? Yeah, it's not quite something that exists, but I think I can, I can give you an example of something that's in our universe that isn't logical. Um, yeah. And that is, and that is the relative speed of light. Mm-hmm. Um, the speed of light is the speed of light to coin, to copy uh, or misuse a, a well-known phrase from our current Brexit uh, politics. Um, yeah. I'll, but I'll, I'll rewind. You and I are in two separate cars on the motorway. Mm-hmm. We're traveling at the same speed. Relative to each other, we're not moving because we're in the same same mm-hmm. base together. Yep. If I pull over onto the hard shoulder and come to a, a, a stop, I mm-hmm. see you disappearing away from me at 70 miles an hour. If yep. I then accelerate up, back up to 70 miles an hour, our distance is not moving. We're both moving, but relative to each other, we're not. If I swing yep. around on the junction and go the opposite way, our separation speed is mm-hmm. twice that, at 140 miles an hour. That's all right, and we experience that on a on a day by day basis. Yeah. That that doesn't hold for the speed of light. The speed of light is the speed of light regardless of your reference. If you're mm-hmm. standing still and light goes past you, it goes past you at C speed of light. Mm-hmm. You jump on a train and travel in that same direction at half the speed of light. The light traveling next to you will still move away from you at the speed of light in every direction. And if you then take a torch and shine it on inside your train, that mm. torch beam will shine away from you in every direction at the speed of light. If you throw that torch outside the window, you'll see the torch move away from you at speed. But the light emitting from that torch mm. will travel in every direction from that torch at the speed of light. And you will watch every bit of that light travel. And I, my challenge to you is that isn't logical. Mm. And I'm saying if you can, if I can get you to accept that that's not logical, then can I get you to at least consider possibility that there is an answer to your question that is not logical, but is still true? Yeah, that kind of makes sense. I think, um, well, I, don't, I certainly don't know enough here, but I would say I think it's clear that light behaves differently from cars on a motorway. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's how it's actually logical. I mean, it's not, I mean, to me, that's fairly simple. Um, I'm not surprised to hear that light behaves differently from cars on a motorway. Um, cars on a motorway being enclosed objects that have an accelerator pedal and can change speed and direction uh, and light. Um, I don't know enough about light, but I imagine there's a lot that's different about how light behaves compared to what I've just described about a car. Um, so to that extent, it's not, the point it's is not that it's the same about It's the same about everything in the universe. Light is, as far as I'm aware, the only outlier. Everything else in the universe, as far as I'm aware, Mm. obeys the laws of relativity uh, yeah. as as demonst- as explained by my car's example light is the only outlier and i'm not sure that saying uh, and saying just light is different i'm not sure gets out of saying that gets you into a place where you can say that how light behaves is logical no it's uh, it's not just different from cars it, it sounds like it's unique doesn't it uh, yes. in some of those properties and the way it behaves. Um, do I think that's illogical? No, I think I'd use the word unique. That's what that's the word that came to mind. Uh, and, and again, I'm not surprised to hear that light is unique in some of those properties. I can't think of anything really that's 
ultimately comparable to light. It is a, I would imagine it's a pretty unique thing in our universe. Um, okay. So but why uh, why am I why is it difficult for me to get you to accept that it might be illogical? Because I have no trouble accepting that it's illogical. I I quite happily stand on top of a cathedral and say the way light behaves is illogical. I'm very happy to to take that stand. Yeah. I mean, it might be that I just don't know enough to think that it logically ought not to behave that way. Uh, maybe my expectations aren't there because I, I don't know enough to predict what light ought to do. But I've just all I've heard is what it does, and so I think, yeah, that sounds that sounds reasonable, and it's not a surprise to hear that light is unique in those properties. Um, so it, this is a tricky area we're in because we're saying, what if the illogical is possible? Then if that can happen once, then it's possible it can happen again. And it's possible that what I think is illogical about the cause, causeless universe uh, might actually be possible and what really happened in the beginning. So it's a difficult area. Um, are illogical things possible things? That's a philosophical question, isn't it? Um, and our logic's flawed and human and limited. And so I'd probably say, yeah, illogical things, illogical things are possible things because our logic is not perfect. It's a long way from. So, like, yeah, does that make sense? I'd probably want to say, if you could come up with an example right now, of something illogical that's real in the universe, I I wouldn't be surprised really, because I'd be like, I, my logic's not perfect. Something that sounds completely bonkers to me could actually be real. Are you okay, that end? Yeah, I've got some clicking on the line. Is um, have you? Can you guys hear any clicking? Sorry, yeah. I think that was uh, I think that was me adjusting the volume. Uh, uh, on my right, okay. The, yeah, okay. Yeah, so my apologies. Um, can I just okay. check? We, can I just do a time check? We're on the hour. There's, I suspense there's still something you want to touch on, uh, Dave. We've probably got about a five minute wrap up. Um, okay. Do we want to carry on for another 10 or 15 minutes? Uh, yeah, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. Okay. You could, okay. Go, go with your point then, Dave, and we'll, we'll then look, look to tidying up shortly. Sure. I was just um, I was just saying, I think, yes, on reflection, illogical things are potentially possible things. Uh, and I'm saying that because my logic and anyone, any human being's logic is going to be limited and flawed and not perfect logic necessarily. Uh, we're, we're surprised all the time, aren't we, by what we discover is true in science and in other th areas as well. So. Yeah, I, I would pretty confidently say just because it seems illogical doesn't mean it's not possible. So that applies to my question too, doesn't it? Um, if like right now, I I consider that it's illogical to reason that our universe began uncaused. Uh, does that mean it's impossible? Principally, I'd want to say no. It doesn't mean it's impossible. Uh, I think to me right now it's implausible based on what we do know. Uh, I suppose that's as far as I'd want to go. Uh, I think I'm believing, as a Christian, believing that God made it all. I think I'm believing something that's quite reasonable. Um, again, we need more than we've talked about tonight to get that far. But um, I think it's my, my more. It's more useful to talk about plausibility, perhaps, than possibility, uh, is where I'm getting to there. Sorry, Matt, what are you saying? I was going to say, we can do a part two if you want to grill some more and go further into other subjects. We can schedule that for a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Possibly, yeah. I mean, what gets me to believe... What, I mean, I've, how do I leap from cause to the Christian God? I mean, that's a whole other kettle of fish. So... We could look at some of that, potentially, if, if that would be interesting. I don't know. I think it's interesting. Uh, it, it, and, and it's interesting, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So 
Uh, in fact, uh, uh, Matthew and I were talking before the show, and we both felt that there was enough engagement between us in the run-up that, you know, there, there was plenty of room for this mm-hmm. to be uh, a multi-part, you know, as as long as, uh, as often as you're willing to engage with two atheists, really, I think is the, yeah, sure. <laughs> is the answer there. So I'm always up for that. That's good. It's been really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so unless there's anything that anybody really wants to to say and pick up on what we've discussed, I'd say let's let's wrap up and, and keep it as as short as possible, and we can reschedule for any follow up and have another conversation. Yeah, um, um, I, I think we can we can do that easily. It's been it's been a nice conversation. Nice. What a weak word. Um, no, I've appreciated <laughs> and, and enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Dave. No, no problem. I was, just one thing I was going to say is um, there was a final finisher question wasn't there about a character in the bible or something yes or... yes andrew you, you go ahead to that question andrew oh so one of the one of the things that we will do here regularly on asking atheist anything uh, when we have a, um, a a guest that uh comes from a from a religion with a deep historical background is ask what character from that religion is uh the character that you most appreciate so that you're a christian and there is a rich tapestry of, of characters from the old and new testament and i think we'd like to know uh, which character is most important to you and why yeah so there's a default answer to this isn't there and that's jesus i think he obviously trumps everybody in the bible but i i think other than him i when I was thinking about this, I got to thinking about Mary, the earthly mother of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, actually, one of our daughters, we've given her the middle name Mary as well, after Mary in the Bible. Who? And the reason is, I think she's a great example of faith. She's a young girl who is asked to um, raise God. <laughs> Uh, if you believe that's who Jesus is. So, uh, and, and, uh, when she asks her questions of, of the angel who appears to her and tell her, tells her what's going to happen in the Bible's account of it, she doesn't doubt that it's going to happen exactly as the angel says. Uh, she has questions about how it's going to work, like anyone would, I think. But, um, she says, how will this be? But it's not, Will it be? It's how will this be? And I think she's showing, even though she's asking questions, uh, she's showing a lot of faith. She's a great example of of someone who knows that God God can handle our questions. He doesn't mind us asking and questioning everything. Uh, he expects us to believe in, though, when he says things. And I think Mary's a good example of someone who's doing that. And and we want that for our our girls as well so uh you know we hope that they'll sort of aspire to be someone like mary in that way i like your answer dave my mother's middle name was mary as well all oh, right and um yeah I, I think that's a good choice i i, I like choice. i remember in my christian days reading through the gospels and i remember thinking at, at one point there isn't enough about mary in this story you know, mm. she must have been deeply impacted by a lot of what was going on. And um, mm. her presence at the, the crucifixion that gets the most briefest of, of mentions. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, if you're going to follow that narrative through, uh, her her place is, um, she deserves a bigger part. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, there's lots of questions I'd love to ask her. And I think there might be a day where I get to do that as well. Uh, the phrase, uh, the, the, there's a phrase that is curious as well. It says, she stored all these things up in her heart. I think that's a really rich phrase about that's Mary the, in the Bible. It's from the birth story, isn't it? Yeah. Or when she sees him, um, no, there's things that she sees her son doing as he grows up that she doesn't completely understand, but she, I think, is storing those things up in her heart and she's, she's not doubting them or questioning them. Because she knows she's looking at somebody uniquely special from God somehow. I don't think she's figured it all out, but she knows how he was conceived. <laughs> um, so she knows something uniquely uh, divine is going on. But 
she's storing those things up in her heart and I, yeah there's a lot going on in Mary's heart and mind at that at those points throughout the life of Jesus as she just watches him as his mum uh just way beyond what any mum or dad goes through now watching their kids grow up and that's profound enough but she's uh just wondering at a whole other level because of who her son happens to be uh not like anybody else who's ever lived i think so thank you thank you Mm. indeed um as as will be the tradition um we are not going to follow up uh, on the answer. This is not a, an attempt to deconstruct Bible characters. So uh, thank you. Sure. Uh, thank you. For no, that. thanks for that. He might um, have to come up with another one if we have him back. Uh, <laughs> that, that's right. Uh, be, be, working, be working on your second favorite character. The second um, favorite, yeah. Yeah, because uh, I certainly do hope uh, I certainly do hope that you'll come back. Yeah, I'd be up for that, definitely. Yeah. Great. Thanks very much for having me. Definitely. Lovely. Thank you, chap. Great stuff. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. I've thank really you, Dave. Thanks. I'll chat to you again.